Hi everybody, this is Joe Dini here from Legends of the Internet, the podcast where we go over internet people and organizations that have shaped the internet for better or for worse. I want to talk to you guys about an opportunity to donate. If you want to help support this show, just go to anchor.fm slash Dini for a monthly subscription. You can put in 99 cents. You can put in $10. You can even put in $4 if you want. There's three different options that you can choose from, but any amount that you give will help not only maintain the show, it'll also help make the show a lot better. What we're going to do with the money, we will use it to better our audio equipment. We will use it to better ourselves when it comes to um, audio quality and webcam quality. At some point, for our YouTube live streams, we are going to have webcams. We would love to use the money to get some very good professional webcams so that you can actually see us in real life. If you want to do that, by all means, go to anchor.fm slash Jodini. That's J-O-E-D-I-N-I. Or you can tap the link in this episode's description box if you happen to be listening on the podcasting platforms, which you are now, you can go to the description page of this particular episode and you will find the link there. It's clickable, you can click on it, and you'll be able to see where exactly you can donate. Like I said, everything will go towards helping improving the show for all of us here. And if you like what you hear now, imagine just what would happen with your money. We can make it even better. And then we can help reach other people. Imagine that. So thank you guys for always listening. For those of you that are supporting us on Spotify and Anchor, thank you again as always. And please enjoy the show. everybody, this is Joe Dini here for Legends of the Internet, episode 13 of season 4. A little different, this is actually a live episode, so for anybody that's actually listening on the podcasting platforms, uh, if you're hearing the recording of this, this is actually being done live on the air. So for thank you for everybody that's tuning in very early in the afternoon here in the States, in America, but if you happen to be all the way in Europe, this is probably nighttime for all of you, which I know it is for the man of the hour, the creator of the Web Comic Relief YouTube channel, and probably one of the only few people that I've seen fans and uh, web comic uh, fans alike saying that this is the only person that they actually ever watch when it comes to reviewing web comics. So please um, help me in welcoming Riser to the show today. Riser, how are you doing? Wait, that whole, oh my god, that was like a spectacular introduction. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm great, thank you. Uh, it, it's cool to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome, brother. <laughs> yeah, see, because when I found out you were all the way in Denmark, I said, oh, okay, so he's like six hours ahead of me. Well, that's not any different than what, 
that's not any different. So I knew right then and there, I knew I can work around it, which is awesome. And I would think that, you know, on a Thursday, you know, considering it's like nine o'clock over there, I believe, you know, usually it's usually just like, okay, I'm just getting ready for the uh, Friday and then I can just do whatever during the weekend. I mean, I don't know what it's like over in the, in the, in that area, but I mean, I don't know if it's like a heavy drinking area or what. I mean, oh, I it assume is. it is. I assume it is. <laughs> We're Scandinavian. We basically live off. I'm drinking alcohol right now, actually. Oh, what is your uh, drink of choice then? Uh, oh, oh, God. Um, well, right now, uh, it's just like, uh, what the f hold on. Jameson Irish whiskey mixed with cola. Um, oh, my God. Goodness. Okay, so that that's my drink of choice. My my dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Sometimes when I'm going out, uh, I'll either do two things. I will have some Jameson mixed in with some Coke, or what I'll do is I'll have a uh, I'll just straight drink up uh, Jack Daniels, which is a whiskey that is done here in the states, which is really close to uh, Jameson. But I, I, don't, I don't I don't like Jack Daniels. I, I, I like I think half of the like, if you like it, that's cool. But like, when I taste it, it feels like half of what you're paying for is the brand name. Yeah, it's all about the brand. I mean, yeah. a lot of people are just attracted to. Oh, okay. Since we have a lot of advertising here in America, it. I mean, we, we, you, you see hot women, and it's like, oh, okay, we got to get that beer. Um, but I, I generally tend to not go for that advertisement. But hey, at least we like the same type of drinks. That that's true. Yeah. So I, I know that you drink or at least you used to, I don't know if you still do. I mean, especially if you're reading like very, uh, very bad web comics. I mean, I got to ask you that right off the bat. Like, how did you get into web comics? Uh, okay. So, um, it, it's going to be a little long winded. So bear with me. Okay. Um, back when, so I'm a little older than, than most people in, in my community. Uh, and when I was younger, this was when like the like internet was kind of new still, so we didn't have any internet back in, in at, at where I lived. So what we would do is that there was a thing called uh, internet workshop in my uh, in my school where there were selective classes where like you had to pick a, a, a specific class. So you could pick like homeroom, uh, cooking, uh, knitting, uh, workshop, and all that and internet workshop and so being the nerd that i was i picked internet workshop uh, but because we were like four people or something that was on that team uh it was basically just our teacher going here's the computer here's the internet knock yourself out i'm gonna go be over here and make my own web page and so like we could ask him for advice but no one did and so instead we just like went online and that's where i first read like the all-time classics like least i could do and control and delete and um then uh like that that kind of transition when i uh started to work as a traveling consultant for a a traveling company where every time that there was no calls which was often we were be we were left up to our own devices, but we couldn't leave our desks, so we were forced, and, and we couldn't play games, so we were forced to just go online, and that's where I read pretty much all the web comics that I covered in season one, um, and then 
when I was on my way to graduate college, I was like, hey, let me make my own webcomic. And I kind of did, but that was a shit show. By the way, can I swear on this podcast? Oh, of course. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> and um, and it was a huge shit show. So I, uh, I eventually just stopped that. And I was like, okay, now what can I do? Uh, because I... I was a huge fan of that guy with the glasses and I was like, well, I, at that time I was working as a professional games reviewer for a magazine called the game reactor. And uh, then later got picked up by a different company that I'm under NDA, not to say the name of, um, because of the reason why I got fired. I will quit. Um, but I was like, I don't want to cover video games because there's so many people who, who do that. I was like, well, I have all this background information about webcomics. I make a webcomic myself. And there's so, like, there's no one talking about webcomics. So why don't I try and do that instead? And here we are. Yeah. I See, that's that's the great thing is you found something that no one else was doing and you just jumped right into it. And that's why I think that's why people tend to, go to you for a lot of the like reviews for certain web comics that people read. Cause you're one of the, you're one of the originals. when it comes to doing that type of stuff, um, it's funny that you brought up uh, watching that guy with the glasses. Cause I remember re watching some of your videos and saying that there was a lot of comparisons to the sort of review that they, uh, you know, sort of the same reviewing style, especially when you were doing uh, a particular comic, but we'll get to that in a second. Cause I really want to save that for later. But I, I, I felt that as you progressed, I mean, your reviews sort of got more sort of away from that, that guy with the glasses style while still being, while still cracking a few jokes here and there, it definitely improved and it definitely showed like, okay, now you're putting grades to everything. So I think, yes, the, the maturity of your show has gotten a lot better. And so I definitely think when i was it's like oh okay especially with your most high uh your highest viewed um video that you've done about the girl that just eats nothing just constantly uh, eats <laughs> yes and just I'm like and i i really love that i thought that was well done uh, on your part the, the, like craving control is a weird one because it apparently i i didn't notice at the time but apparently it's a fetish comic. It's for people who gets uh, gets turned on by inflation and war. And so I, I did not notice as I was reviewing it. So there I am, my stupid ass sitting there eating food and and like reviewing a porn, what is essentially a porn comic, like it was just, a, you know, a normal comic. So I have gotten a lot of teasing from friends uh, and, and other viewers of my show that that I was too innocent to realize that back in the day. Yeah, I, I kind of got that same feeling because I, I looked at it the same way that I looked at Andrew Dobson when he did his uh, – when he first got started doing comics, he would just inflate everything. And right. I knew right away that that was a fetish for some people. So I kind of got that feeling. I mean besides the fact that you were just eating on <laughs> – you were just eating. And I remember you saying like I got the greatest metabolism. Like I can eat all this and not gain a pound. And I'm like I'm so jealous of that guy <laughs> right now. Uh, it, it was just like now looking in hindsight, I'm like I really hope people didn't get turned on by that. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's a very small minority group if you really think about it. I don't, I don't know that many people that are. I mean, I know I get recommendations for some web comics that are just out there, but uh, it, it's something that I don't think the majority are really into that much. But hey, there was enough people that were like, "Huh, I've never heard of this, but I'm intrigued at the sort of reviewing style." It's like, we'll see what happens here. Yeah. Well, what did you think? Uh, let me uh, let me get into it. So when you first started doing videos for it, like, I mean, I know you obviously were influenced by that guy with the glasses and you were watching, you were reading control alt delete and all that. And I know those were some of your influences, but take me through your process of, okay, I got an idea. I'm going to do this on YouTube. And what was your, what was, what was your mindset during that time period when you were first getting started? Uh, okay, so um, the reason why I got picked up by an, the the video game company that I cannot talk about uh, back in the day was because I was also doing YouTube videos back then. They are like the channel is gone now, um, but back then I used to do uh, what I can see someone in in the in the chat is um, referencing now, which was called silent reviews, which was basically just. Um, like videos where I would review a game without saying a single word. So I would use like acting and and faces and stuff to uh, to really nail like comedically so nail home why I didn't like a game or not. And um, so uh, so I already had like a foot through the door when it came to uh, to reviewing game uh, to reviewing stuff online through videos. Um, when I made the first video uh, of Bizarre Uprising, I had no scripts and got no, uh, had no idea what I was doing. I had no um, I had no knowledge about the editing software or anything. And <laughs> to go behind the curtain because that's why we're here, uh, the whole uh, review formula was supposed to be just. Um, writing and art and characters I just threw in there because I was like just ad-libbing in the now and I figured yes you know what why not and the uh, and the whole throwing the cap on the camera at the end of the video was actually just me going I don't know how to end this and so I just threw a, 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 my, my, my hat over the camera uh, so a lot of the stuff that I was doing was just me like freestyling it was just me like doing it in the moment like hey i i want to be on 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 that guy with the glasses so let how hard can it be and it's apparently a lot harder than i thought it was um and i just like threw stuff out there and i've always said that i've been blessed with like the best community ever because i got so much positive feed. i had zero subscribers to my name but i got so much positive feedback I'm like hey i want to see more of this yeah it was a really funny video blah 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 blah, blah. and uh and so i was like well move on to the next and as i was doing that i i i've just listened to feedback all the time was like hey could you maybe like segment uh the writing the art and the characters uh, into different parts in the video and so i made uh, made that a thing hey can you give a uh, uh, a final verdict of your videos and like show how they how it all stacks up so i added that 
can you make an intro? I had that. Um, then during season two, I found out that a lot of people uh, came to my videos for advice because they wanted to see what to do and what not to do. And I realized that there was a thing that webcomics have more of than say video game reviews or movie reviews or quote unquote real comics reviews. And that is that there's an actual chance that the people who made this thing is actually watching my silly little videos. And so I started to make uh, these advice, these uh, suggestions, these uh, tutoring segments of my videos. So it's all actually been a, a run through uh, where I have just listened to what people wanted to wanted and then implemented it into my show without while still trying to maintain the the structure that like people seem to like, which was the like comedic yet kind of awkward hip hop feel ish thing, and that's where we are now. Yeah, because uh, one of the things that I loved you said was you listened to your fan base and then you um, made your content based around what they wanted as opposed to what you. I mean, still keeping to your style, but improving on it, and also. Um, you know, giving them what they want instead of just doing what most YouTubers do nowadays is trying to do stuff that they necessarily want and not listening to anybody else. It's like, it's my way or nothing. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you're doing it. And that's why when I cover some people, I mean, they tend to be that way and then they end up becoming legends based on that. But for you, it's a very positive thing. Um, we, we actually, you actually just gained a fangirl in the chat. Uh, Madam Go <laughs> Madame Ghosty says she wants to watch your videos now. Well, thank you, Madam. <laughs> uh, <Not> my lady. Sketchedai <laughs> uh, is saying, I like Riser's review style and his score. His score is a lot more clear. Uh, I don't know exactly what that entails, but I, I mean, did you have like different scores back then or did you um, uh, like. I, uh, I, 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 I didn't always have it so where I like at when I first started, I was like, yeah, the writing is this, uh, the the artist is this, and the characters are this, and my final verdict is this. Uh, now I, when I'm presenting my final verdict, I'm like lining everything up so it's on the screen at the same time, so they can kind of get an idea of how I got to uh, the grade that was the final verdict. So yeah. maybe that's it. I don't know. Probably. I mean, I, I, I kind of, yeah, because I kind of think that that's the, the, the sort of lines that uh, he's saying. So, I mean, that's good. I mean, I wanted to get back to, um, yeah, I mean, your, your hat, so to speak, and your, and your, your clothes, because I noticed that people have been saying, like, you know, how always people have like a different set of outfit that they wear to sort of, differentiate themselves from everyone else. Like the angry video game nerd always has his buttoned up shirt with the pens in the pocket. And then of course, nostalgia critic has his hat and his tie and his coat. But with you, I mean, not only did you keep the cap, but you have like this cool different t-shirt every time. And I don't know like where you find these t-shirts or whatever, but I know that there's people in like every single episode, it seems different. And I notice people are saying, Oh my God, those are some kick-ass t-shirts. Where can I get those? <laughs> so I don't know what your style is, but what is sort of the um, human style? Uh, so uh, 
But by the way, uh, just real quick, super sideways tangent here. Uh, my computer has had a thing lately where it just suddenly shuts down. So if that happens, now you know why. Anyway, oh, okay. Um, uh, as for my t-shirts, uh, the first t-shirts that I used to wear was just be. I, I was a huge fan of the kind of you know provocative t-shirts when I was younger. So I would typically have like a, he loves the dick or something, and you know with a with a arrow pointing to the side and stuff like that. Um, so I would just go to Shark Robot and buy a, a, a metric fuck ton of those. But uh, some of the cooler ones, which I think people are referring to, are uh, I, I used to work with a guy who had his own T-shirt company, which was called High Five Clothing. Uh, I don't really know if the site is up anymore. Uh, I hope it is because they, they they were really these ultra colorful. It was kind of like this mixture of cute mixed with horrifying so like there, there was one where i'm wearing a, a purple t-shirt and it's a lego uh, figure's head and it's kind of like segmented into like pieces and you can see like the brain underneath it so it was like this super colorful but also kind of grotesque um which i i know people really like i that's that's what i fell for um, my style when it comes to t-shirts is that, um, okay, so this is going to sound weird, but back when I lived in the town that I used to live in, when I made these videos, I had a tailor, I had a clothing guy, I had a shoes guy, a pants guy and a food guy. And like, I, I had all these friends who were, who were like working in clothing or food or whatever. And so every time that I had to like buy clothes i would go to that specific person whose field it was i remember he once told me something that uh, that was you you because i typically wear a a hoodie like a zip up hoodie and and a t-shirt underneath and whatever and he always told me that if you, if that's your style uh, something that is like super hip is to wear a super colorful provocative shirt underneath and then wear your hoodie over it because that's kind of that kind of makes people step up and go what's that that he's wearing there because they can't see the entire thing and so when i appeared on camera i was just you know like i still wore the t-shirt i just took the hoodie off and here we are <laughs> Oh, I mean, they always say the most colorful are the ones that gain the most attention. Yeah. As and, they say. And I, I, I just like wearing, you know, like different stuff. I, I, I always enjoy, you know, not just wearing what everyone else is wearing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it's very different over in Europe than it is in the States because the only really place that you can find like T-shirts like that is in New York City because... Down here where I live, I live in the state of Florida. And unfortunately, that type of uh, clothing is not allowed to be sold in stores. I mean, you could have some provocative stuff, but it's got to be based off a, a heavy metal band, or it's got to be something that they can do through a store that's called a Hot Topic. Um. And we, we, yeah, because we have a lot of regulation over here. So we can't get away with a lot of the stuff that you're able to get away with. So I think that separates you from the rest of the pack is like, you're <laughs> sort of in an area where you're, you have the freedom to do that. Whereas we, we have to, we get, you know, surrounded unless we buy it off the internet. And then even then, if we did, it, it would give us some like weird looks. Like you can't even go into a, like you can't even go into a very public place without somebody getting offended and then uh, having you get kicked out because of it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
in case you know we have a lot of we have a lot of people that like to express their opinions on like certain people's clothing especially if it's like a very provocative uh or something that's very offensive then but, you would not want to buy a webcomic belief t-shirt oh my god <laughs> <laughs> well hey i mean do you have like a a, a a merchandise store where people can actually buy your stuff oh i absolutely do okay so we'll have to provide a link for everybody that's <laughs> in the chat. So in case they do want to buy your stuff, because Madame Ghosty is saying she wears too much black. Well, maybe we need to get her a T-shirt from you so that she can liven up her liven up her style and maybe get her out of that uh, get her out of that funk, so to speak. Yeah, you can get both T-shirts and hoodies and and bags and phone cases and everything. Like I'm, I'm everywhere, baby. <laughs> Where where exactly do what exactly is the link? Because we do have Madame uh, saying, "I want all the links. Give me all of them." Uh, <laughs> I, I I can't really provide one right now because it's like a weird long URL. But basically, it's uh, on T Public. Just search for Webcomic Relief, and you'll find it. Okay, so that's that solves your uh, that solves your problem, Madame. Just look, just search for the Webcomic Relief on Google, and you'll find more information on it. Most of those, just for the people who know my videos, uh, most of those designs were made by the same guy who makes my title cards, which is uh, Hugo Junstrand. He has like this very interesting, very unique style. So like that, that uh, I, of course I, I have like all of them and like, I, I really love wearing them because it's just so different from, from just, you know, a normal drawing or something. It's a, so, so we got the t-shirts down. So I, I noticed, okay. So I watched your, I watched some of your videos and they do have your intro music that you do. And I have an app that to text music. It will actually tell you the name of the song. I had no idea what this song was called until I saw the credits of it. And I've never heard of any, I never heard of, of some of this music that you, that you put in. Like, I don't know if it's even like stuff that I could find on Spotify. I even looked and I'm like, Huh. Uh, can't uh, find in, it anywhere. In my intros? Yeah. Um, so okay, now now I have to like think back. Uh fir first intro song was from a Danish band called Melt the Coin. Uh it doesn't mean anything in Danish either. Um uh, and the second one was a thing that I got when I purchased a video co-pilot music bundle thing. Um, the third one was made by, uh, I think it was made by, by Hugo actually. And the fourth one was Omega Sparks with, uh, with uh, Ready. Uh, by the way, go go find Omega Sparks on on Bandcamp. He's fantastic. Uh, and the last one is made by Colin Brefka, uh, which is the one that I'm currently using now. So there yeah. you go. So that's probably why I've never heard of him. Because uh, yeah, I don't usually go on Bandcamp or SoundCloud all that much. I'm usually a Spotify guy. But um, yeah, because I was always I was always curious about it because I've never heard any of these songs, and I'm like, oh. I was like the peaked interest. And when you said Danish band, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> right, like the, the, the weird thing about that band, Melt the Coin, is that a lot of Danes don't even know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just some, someone I listened to back in the day. And the reason, okay. Wow, I, I'm really digging up old memories now. So the reason why I picked that band is because um, 
they had in the in a song called Pumjernskorden, uh, which is Danish for uh, where the Middle West. Again, doesn't make sense. Uh, but in that song, there was this uh, this long period where they just had like scratching, uh, like record scratching. And I wanted to use that in my video because of the hip hop feel that I wanted it to have. And so I was like, well, to make sure that I don't get copyright stricken from uh, from hell to here, I'm I'm going to just use this one song and use different parts of it. So that so that's why I ended up using that. Okay. So yeah, because I, I I tend to think that the the more the more uh, limited following that it gets the more intrigued that it gets because people have never heard of it before and then they want to actually find it so that that's that was one of the things i was actually looking i'm like but i couldn't uh so let's get into okay so i wanted to talk about some of the uh things that you covered uh i know that you've covered andrew dobson on one of your uh, videos i've done an episode myself but i'm kind of intrigued and like what exactly is your thoughts on i mean i've seen the video but i want to know like your personal thoughts on the whole uh andrew dobson webcomic that he does um okay how do i put this (laughs) it's about choosing my words carefully now so uh let, let, let me preface this with i made the video and some of my viewers actually went to his deviantart and linked the video and was like hey dobson this bald bastard from Denmark reviewed your thing. Um, and he actually brings up some pretty good points. Maybe you would be interested. And Dobson actually responded to it and was like, I can't believe some prick wants to spend 20 minutes covering my comic or something. And and so that was it. He didn't even watch it. But um, oh. Andrew, Andrew Dobson, so you want to be a cartoonist. Um, I... I, as I stated in the video, I think that some parts of the vid- of the comic is actually a pretty good idea. I I think that the whole idea of having a web comic where you, as a cartoonist, w- will share some inside knowledge to young and inspiring cartoonists, such as uh, you know, in a way of going, this is actually like you may think it's this. But beware, because there are these like traps, or there are these issues with it, and you need to take those into consideration when you apply for this job. But then again, it has these episodes, and when the comic focused on that, that was really good. And sometimes he actually provided some good advice. And then Dobson happened, and. Uh, the rest of the comic is just weird, meandering, like workplace humor, all the air quotes in the world humor about like, hey, I met this guy who are treated like shit because he's so stupid. And the, and now lately it has all been like, yeah, like fedora tipping milady stuff, where it's like, no, all, all the women are sacred, and 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 all this stuff, where it's it's just how do I put it? He's just talking out of his ass to get some credit because he's such a good guy and he wants to protect everyone by beating the bad people, but it's 
and if you ask me, uh, like the intent, I think, suppose is fine and dandy, but it's like there's different ways of doing it, and he's just doing all these weird straw man depictions. That's just it's childish at best. It is. I I I I I actually read an argument that he was having with somebody over like some of some of his critiques, and it's amazing to me how he's willing to go so far but not listen to people and i mean we'll talk about your own webcomic in a second but it the the fact that i kind of felt you know my co-host even thought of this too the fact that he's just not listening to anybody and is sort of just trying to be very very defensive i think has been a detriment to himself and we even had somebody in the chat room saying that he's gone full-on tracer (laughs) full-on tracer yeah I don't know exactly what Shane means by that, but apparently some people in the chat already already know what that means. Uh, so uh, maybe they can clarify as we go further on. I, I, I think with, with Dobson and his whole thing of not taking any critique, it's really sad because I honestly think the guy could actually produce something pretty good. But he's just gotten this like infamy of not taking any criticism and like none at all. And it's like even you could... You could write a freaking article, like seven-page article, with sources and everything based around, like, dude, I really want to help you. You should have picked the blue color and not the red color. And you could be, like, you could do all of this just to help the guy and, like, really preface it, like, dude, I love your work. Let me suck that dick. I want to help you, blah, 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 blah. And and the and he will probably read that, and then the moment you say, "But I have some feedback for you that I hope you will take into consideration," he's just gonna cut you off. Yeah. Did you actually read? Okay, so there's, there was an issue that he did, where he was actually telling people, like, "Okay, here's here's how you're supposed to actually draw or actually do a web comic," and I remember. He got a lot of backlash for it because apparently he was using techniques that were very outdated. And I don't know if you saw that or not. And I, I don't know, like, what is your style? I mean, and do you have sort of the different styles of it? Like, what exactly is it that your style entails? My, my style? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm not entirely sure what you mean. Okay. So when you do your webcomic. I, I don't do a webcomic anymore. Oh, okay. But when you did, yeah. Like, what was your like? Because everybody, every artist has a different way of like actually doing their like their 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 drawing or whatever like that. So, I mean, did you have exactly anybody that that you um that? What am I trying to say? Did you have anybody that was really that really influenced you to sort of adapt the way that you you know you did your webcomic at all? Uh, yeah, um, back when I made the first webcomic ever, Angel Academy, um, not the first webcomic ever, what the hell am I talking about? The first comic I made was called Angel Academy, and I did that with my friend, and, and he was the guy who got me into drawing. He, he had one of those, I'm sure you know them, those, hey, learn how to draw manga, and learn how to draw manga, like they appear in Dragon Ball Fight and Dragon Ball. And so I borrowed those books and I, you know, read them back and forth. And so, like, my way of drawing was 
so very, very anime, very much based on uh, Akira Toriyama and, and his art style. And then I had this friend here who would be like, hey, maybe you should do this and this and this, like change my style up. And later on, I would discover a manga, sorry, manga artists such as Tad Kubo uh, of Bleach fame and uh, Ohu Greto uh, from... Tenho Tenge and Airgear fame. And those two were some of my key um, like inspirations. So the way that I would draw men would typically be in the way that Tide Kubo would do it, which is like very simplistic, but still like very, very masculine. And when I would be drawing women, which happened as a horny teenager, it would typically be in the style of Ohu Greto, where they were like, Super stacked and in super revealing clothing. Oh, I was a cringy teenager, dude. But <laughs> I was gonna say, it's like, yeah, I can understand if you were a teenager and you were drawing stuff like that. I was like, okay, but if it was like, I was, I, I would think it would be even cringier if you're still doing that in like your late twenties and early thirties. I mean, like, uh, no. but anyway, yeah, like. That's the reason why you can't find the thing anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you embarrassed by it at all? Uh, okay. So the reason why I disappeared was partially because I was embarrassed by it. Uh, second of all, which I, I stated in my final Les Linders review, was that um, a lot of it was traced and I didn't disclose it. So I was very embarrassed for that, and I felt that that set a horrible precedent. So I, I, I wanted... I didn't want people to to see that. Uh, not you know, like not to necessarily hide what I had done because I did openly disclose it. But it was more of a way that don't look at this and go, "Hey, this looks neat," and then give me uh, props that I don't deserve. Um, and the last reason for doing it is because after I started being like, I I, I think it was actually when I started covering concession which I really went in on, uh, people started uh, like looking up my name and then somehow found some of my webcomics through that and started giving, uh, started like really tearing into them uh, as like a sort of retaliation. Like some of it was like, hey, you, you, you talk shit about concession, but look at your dog shit. And so it was like, I'm not going to give them that ammo. So I just deleted it. And uh, let me just say real quick that my sort of friend here, Johnny, is just joined in after a very long day as well. So Hello, Johnny. I want to. Hello just... there. Hey, hi. Have you been? Uh, there we go. Yeah, just muting and muting myself. Yeah, no, yeah, very long day. And yeah, finally home. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. I missed the start. That's all right. Um, so I, yeah, I wanted to, uh, talk about that for a second. Cause I, I know that you probably had some people saying like, oh, well, how can you critique something when you yourself do like Jack, like Jack shit or whatever. But I mean, how often did that happen? Uh, like how, how people said that or how yeah. often did, they, uh, okay. So that's happened a lot actually. Um, and my, my attitude was typically, well, I haven't drawn, uh, I haven't made shit, but at the same time, I haven't made shit. 
uh, and I, I really like that play on words, but it basically, uh, and it wasn't until I'm uh, one of my uh, lady friends, Alex, uh, made a quote that that I then started using, which was, "You don't have to be a chef to say that something tastes bad." And I started using that, and uh, and sometimes I would even like, I like to when people go after me, I'd like to defend myself uh typically when i see all these like big online reviewers they basically they make the video and and then they don't interact with the people in the comment sections and so some of them is for good reasons because they have like a million people commenting so they can't interact with those uh, those all at once i am however fortunate enough that i don't have that just uh, just yet hopefully <laughs> and so i um if, if someone calls me out or someone wants to talk shit about me, uh, I'm I'm more than happy to take that fight. And so when people have told me that, uh, how can you say this if, if, if you haven't made anything, I will sometimes just be like, well, was I wrong in what I said? And often it's like, no, but who are you to say this? And I'm like, I'm just a consumer like everyone else. And I had an issue with this. Like... That, that's all there is to it. Yes, because there is an argument to say, yes, I am a consumer and I have a right to judge what I'm reading. It, I, I, some people that use the, the terminology that you have to be in a certain profession in order to judge something. On some levels, yes, but a lot of times, no. Like if you're just a regular consumer – you can you can judge based on like what you're reading. Like you can say, oh well, this is just like terrible. I would never buy this. I mean, that's why people go to movies. I mean, I know I, I'm pretty sure when when you go to a movie and you say, well, this is terrible, I, you have a reason to say why it's terrible or why it's good. But nobody's yeah. saying, oh well, you have to be in the movie. You have to be you have to be involved in the sort of Scandinavian film community to sort of understand <laughs> what's going on. I'm like, no, you don't. Not it's in some cases, yes. If you're gonna uh, tackle technical things that are going on, then yes. If you're gonna judge somebody based on their drawing style, then yes. If you uh, if it if it gets to that, then yes, I would tend to agree. But if you're just a regular guy, then yeah, no. But somebody in the chat was bringing up the fact that we should be talking about the war with furries that you had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, do you want to segue into it? <laughs> yeah, let's segue right into it. Okay. Um, okay, how, how the hell do I... So, I, I brought up my concession review. And in that, I, I had a thing where I, I screamed at the top of my lungs that I hated everything that had to do with furries. And um, that garnered me a lot of hate. <laughs> and, and for good reasons, too. Um, how to... Okay, let's let's see. The reason why I said what I did back then was because most of the exposure I had had to furry stuff was there were there had been a bunch of these furry comics that I had read, which was just like over complicated bullshit. Like it it was it had no structure, there was no head or tails in it, and I can't for the life of me even remember the names because I just dropped it like a bad habit. But one of the uh, comics that I read that that I do remember and that really gave me this disdain, uh, this anger about furries at the time was Les Lindas. And so I was like, hey, okay, so all these online reviewers, they have a thing. 
they had they have like their nemesis and so i really hate furries i thought um so i'm gonna make that my thing and and, and safe to say, people didn't really like that because uh, some furries are really, really sensitive about stuff like that. So um, I made that video and I got a lot of feedback and I had to like kind of, I won't say backpedal, but I kind of had to explain myself and explain uh, a certain amount of ignorance that I had. The thing is that furries are still a thing where i'm very very tentative like i'm very careful not because i'm afraid of of hurting anyone but because i'm clearly not getting it uh my ex-girlfriend was a massive furry and she was like i just want to go to this con and i just want to hug people and i would be sitting there going but they've been wearing these furry costumes for a day straight they probably smell like ass or, um, and, and like, I, I've heard everything about rain first and stuff like that. And there's also a bunch of furries in my discord. Uh, and like they, they share this out and there's always this really outlandish sex stuff. And like, you want to do that? You do you. I don't get it, but you know what? There's tons of stuff that I don't get. Um, and the funny thing is that like, while it has become, is it's more of a meme than it's actually true right now um, that 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 I hate furries because I really don't hate them as much. I, I'm like, I'm kind of indifferent about it. But people like to say, hey, Russell, I hate furries. But the funny thing is that I think the majority of all my subscribers are furries. And I don't know how that happened. Oh, I mean, did you or I mean, did you or I mean, besides doing a couple, I mean, talking about a comic that we'll talk about in the in, in a in a few minutes i don't want to say the name of it yet but i mean it, i mean does, is the majority of your the web comics that you review have any furry material in it like is that the majority of what you do, of what you review so i i have a segment of my show that's called what in the what's in the cat box uh, the cat box is a very famous uh web comic hosting site which hosts uh, such comics as Superquest, Josh, Caribbean Blue, and Las Lindas. And because my exposure to the stuff that, I, that has been on, on the cat box has been terrible, it's kind of become this running theme of I'm uh, that much like I covered uh, Sunday 2, where I like read it through and commented on, comment on it as I go. Uh, what's in the cat box typically consists of one to four episodes or something where I just read a comic and then like comment it all the way through. And people tend to love those, uh, even though they're even I am going to say sometimes they're really mean spirited because like I'm just like tearing them apart. Um, but but there's a lot of those, and I think that that's why people have just gotten this idea that hey, Risa is super into furry stuff, and I'm I'm not really. It's just like they're so bad so often that it's a it's a great learning tool for me to like use as an example of how not. Yeah. Nope. So, so and maybe that maybe that's where it's coming from. Probably. So I think yeah, because you know, usually, usually when you do something that garners people's attention, that fan base starts to kind of spread. 
it's kind of like a you know you know you do one thing and then that sort of fan base sort of follows you through and you know there yeah. might be some positive ones and maybe some not positive ones i i remember i i, I got a ton of subscribers and and furry followers when I was contacted by David and Liz Lilly, who makes the webcomic uh, Dreamkeepers, which is a huge, huge webcomic in the furry fandom. And, and they contacted me. I was like, hey, do you want to review some? And then they actually physically sent me their comics, as well as like a, a hardback book and some, some bookmark. Like they were spoiling me rotten. And I really loved that comic. So I was saying it in high praises and explained. And this was where I really was getting into the whole like teaching through my videos vibe. And so I think a lot of people just went, this guy is a huge in like, he, he really does, you know, a lot for furry comics. And I think that's where a lot of them came from. And then I guess like some, like they talk with one another and and here we are <laughs> okay so that that generally could be uh, that seems like the big reason so yeah, it, it's, there's always like a cause and effect yeah but hey i mean you don't have to you don't get it as much now though uh, no um people still um it's typically the furries that are the most verbal when it comes to things such as death threats or um, like just showing how much they dislike my videos. So of course, those are the ones that I remember the most because like when someone in the comments is like, I want to find you and hate fuck you to death, that kind of sticks with you. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I don't get like nearly as much flag now as I used to do. <laughs> Did it ever occur to you at any point that, you know, maybe I need to stop doing this because I'm getting all this hate and all these threats. Did that come to a point where you probably just wanted to get away from it and never do it again? Or was this something that you were just going to pull through? Uh, part of it is that I, I can sometimes be a real shitbird. And so, like, every time that I, I looked at stuff like this, I would be like, well, do you want my address? And you can come kill me. Because I would just love the fa to read the news uh, about a guy, uh, about a furry traveling across the globe to kill a guy over a, a video online. Like, that would, that would be hilarious to me. Um, I, I have just, like, I think I've grown numb to people just talking shit to me online. Uh, like, people coming with their friends is like, you're not going to do anything. Even if I showed up and, and like, talked to you face-to-face, -face, you're not going to do anything. Just you, you, You're just angry that I shat on your waifu, so now you have to, like, get it out of your system. And that's fine, but, like, you're not, you're not going to do anything, so I don't really care. Okay. Sorry for getting angry at you, by the way. That's fine. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. So, I mean, we might as well get right into the, the big webcomic that, you know, this was my, sort of my fan base has been, like, camera, you know, has come to my show and in terms of, like, ooh, this is how I got into it. So... I mean, I know you've done a lot of videos on this one, and I'm pretty much sure everybody has. But your take is always your take is more important because we're talking about you. But Sonic Chew, <laughs> yes, 
Ah, uh, yes. Yes, uh, you pretty much covered the essential issues. And when I, I put essential in quotes, because I don't really think they're that essential. But, you know, some of the more well-known um, Sonic 2 issues. Yeah, and I've covered it too. So I wanted to know, I mean, I've, I've, seen, I've seen it, but what got you into Sonic 2? Like, that's the question that I wanted to ask. Because every everybody's got their own stories about how they found Christian and how they found her comics. How did you find it? Uh, so I don't recall what it was that I was reviewing. Uh, there was something that I was reviewing, and I was like, like in the video, I was saying, this thing has made me so confident that I can tackle everything. So I want you guys to link me the worst web coming out there and i shall review it and so uh a lot of people like almost uh is it called un unanimously or how do how to say it yeah unanimously unanimously um it was more or less that where everyone was just suggesting something to i was like okay let's do it and i read the first volume and it was hard dark shit and um that i was like the, i had a lot of fun with how bad this was because I, I i have a guilty pleasure i love when stuff is bad like me and my friend alice we will constantly watch like the worst movies ever neil breen um like the the, the fucking resident evil movies we've just started watching the texas chainsaw massacre movies like i i'm just like a huge fan of when like the terrible shit and so, um, like, I, I had so much fun doing this, and there's so much left to cover. And this was back when I was a huge fan of the Spoonie one. Um, so I was like, he, he did this thing where he was going through Final Fantasy VIII, and he was just, like, ripping it apart piece by piece. And I was like, why don't I do that? That would be fun. That would be interesting. Because at this point, I had made, like, I think 12 videos or something. I was like... This is going to be weird, different, and it's, you know, a fresh blow of air into this. Um, so I, I just started like covering piece by piece and started like making a narrative that Christian himself had kidnapped me, which is the one and only video I had to remove because YouTube was like, you're, you're making some really controversial stuff because they honestly thought I had been kidnapped. Oh, <laughs> so like you can't show this here. I'm like, okay, and then I had to remove it. Um, and and then I just you know started going through, and I think it was after I had reviewed the first one that I actually found out that hey, uh, Christian or Christine or whatever, uh, back then Chris, well, uh, um, has made all of these videos, all of these video logs online. And I, I shit you not, I found all of them and I, I sat through them and I, and I had like a notepad that said, you can use this clip and this clip and this clip. And in this clip, she talks about this. In this clip, she talks about that. And I was like, it's, it was some of the most methodical stuff that I had ever done. And I think because uh, like it, it felt like this was where this whole online reviewer thing really came together. 
and so it was so interesting so so cool to try and do this really in-depth stuff about something and the more i experienced the more disappointed with humanity i got and it was like just like it was with shitty movies it was like i i need i need more i need to how deep does this rabbit hole go and uh, I I never really stopped getting uh, being interested in it, and now I I'm so fortunate that I have like this awesome community uh, that that like every time Christine does something stupid, they will like ping me and like, hey, did you see this? Um, there was a moment where Christine was making she apparently she's gotten into this um, uh, this this thing where she does where she takes amiibo figures and like remodels them. And so she was. She had a video where she was showing them off, and one of these amiibo figures was a, a person she was calling reviewer guy or something. And it was a, it was a, it was a man. He was bald and he was wearing glasses and a sixpence. <laughs> and everyone and their mother was contacting me about, dude, Christine just made a video about you and a figure about you. And I was seeing the video. And I was like, "This is the scariest thing I've ever seen." It was like some like some kind of voodoo thing, and um, and so one of my friends actually contacted Christine with inquiries about buying this amiibo. Was like, "Is this by any chance based on that webcomic relief guy?" And Christine was like, "No, it's made by I think it was her brother or something that also does like video reviews or something of, of oh, movies." Geez. Yeah, he, he does movie reviews. And apparently, me and him look alike. So, oh, 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 fuck, it's not me. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I can't make that comparison because at least he's just a little bit more older. So, I don't know why people got that, uh, didn't well, get, got that reconnection. Well, well, have you seen the amiibo figures? They're yes, not, they're not exactly like, Artisan craft work. They're pretty shit. So. <laughs> it's interesting though that they thought of you before they actually thought of his half brother, because everyone knows about his half brother. Yeah. So I'm surprised just about that. But I mean, I, I even I picked that on that up right away when you were saying that. Well, I, 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 I yeah, I'm pretty sure that everyone was like, "This is his brother or her brother," but. The ones I would got pinged by were the people who knew about me, so I think I figured that was why they made the connection. Which which issue did you have uh, trouble with the most? Um, I think it was oh, okay. So it's this is gonna be a I, I can't give you the number because the site that I was getting the images from uh, had issue one listed as issue zero. So they're all kind of skewed, skewed. But it, it was the one where Chris really got into making porn. Mm. And the reason for that is because uh, obviously I had to like sit and read the thing. But again, at this point in time, I was probably, I think I was 19 or something. So I was like, I'm really interested in sex. And then you see this and I'm like, I'm no longer interested in sex. <laughs> yeah. And at the point, and at this point in time, I actually had a girlfriend, and she would, and so every time she would be like coming on to me, I was like, not, not, not tonight, hon, because I read Sonichu. 
it, it affected me to such a degree that it kind of made me like turned off from sex for a long time. Oh, uh, just, no. Just because like every time, okay, so you, okay, this is going to be a, probably the weirdest question you ever gotten on this podcast. How raunchy can I get? Yeah, you can get pretty raunchy. Okay, but I'm, I'll try, I'll, I'll try and, and, and keep it tasteful. Okay. So you're laying there with your girl and everything is going great. You're both naked, you're doing your thing and the pulse is high and you're sweating and all that stuff. And then you think about, like, say, reverse cowgirl. That's not reverse cowgirl, and it involves roast you crunching a pickle, and the and and the erection disappears. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's meant to get harder. It like like every like every now and then when when we were going at it you would have flashbacks to sonichu and the and the sexy feeling would just disappear and you could you could try everything in the world and it would not come back <laughs> oh my god that's a nightmare so so that's why that part uh, of of Sonic Two was the worst one because it affected me outside of 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 reviewing the thing. Sketch today saying in the chat, "Reverse cowgirl can only be done in a pool, space, or a whirlwind." And we had neither of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh god! I never imagined <laughs> oh, that. Left the server. <laughs> Bar has <laughs> left the server. <laughs> Way to go, Rated J for Jim. <laughs> oh, God. I never heard anybody say that Sonic 2 was a cock block for them. Uh, it, it, it wasn't great. How long did it take before you finally got out of that funk? Or are you uh, still in that funk? I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 it was like two weeks or something. Like It was while I was reading it. So... About a week or two, um, but okay. Well, I'm really gonna put her on the spot now. The, my girlfriend at the time was like almost a nymphomanic, so it was like every day. So oh, that that's why it became such a big problem. Okay, so at least it wasn't just one thing; it was like another thing on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Well, that 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 makes more sense. I would hate to think that it was just like the one thing that caused that to happen, because then that that would just be like that would just be like good fan fiction material for like, somebody out there. I, I I think like you're the American here, so you you gotta you gotta tell me. I think I could sue Christine for something like. <laughs> I mean, you could if it actually does you physical harm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then again, I mean, you'd have to go to the American courts, and so you'd have to hire an American lawyer. You'd have to actually fly over and sue in uh, the state of um, state of Virginia, I believe. And yeah, because the crime would have actually taken place. Oh no, maybe maybe it's different. Maybe you'd have to fly. Maybe she would have to fly over to Denmark, and then be, and then you know she would have to be put into like a European jail. <laughs> I mean, if if she was found guilty of that, I'm saying, but uh, uh, I I don't know how it works. Don't ask me. I'm not Phoenix Wright. Uh, okay. 
But we did get a couple of requests from some people in the chat after we talked about Sonic Chew. Uh, there was somebody that was saying uh, we should talk about Sunstone. I don't know if you've ever read Sunstone. Oh, I have. Okay. Uh, it's one of my absolute favorite webcomics out there. Um, <laughs> why is it every time that I, I have to like talk about an interview or something, it all comes back to me having sex? Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, I was browsing porn, <laughs> and I came across this one webcomic called Sunstone. And I'm reading it, and I'm doing my thing, and I stopped doing my thing because the webcomic was really good. And so I, I, I start like, looking up the name, and I was like, wait, this is done by Stephen Sajik. And in case you don't know, he's one of the amazing artists behind stuff such as The Darkness. Or Witchblade, so and and those were comics that I was super fan of, and so I decided to make a a, a, um, a review of that. And it and and one day, uh, all of a sudden, my my video just blows up. Like at that time, I would probably get like eight hundred viewers, and then overnight, suddenly, bam, there's five thousand, and I'm like, how the Fuck did that happen? And so I, I Google uh, webcomic relief Sunstone, and I see that Stephen Sijic actually put it up on his DeviantArt, uh, where it's like, "Hey, I love this bald bastard. He made a video about uh, my uh, about my comic." And I was like, and I contacted him. I was like, "Wow, dude, uh, thank you so much. I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan. I'm I'm glad you liked the video." And he was like, yeah, "It's not thing, man. It's not thing. Really liked your stuff." And so it, it, it was like it, it was like meeting one of your big idols. So it was like super weird. And so um, I had bought a painting of uh, from the comic because at that point in time, I was making a little extra money because of my store manager position. So I wanted to every time that I reviewed a comic, I wanted to buy something to to show my support of the comic, even if I trash talked it. So I was like. I, I I spent some money Caribbean Blues way after I, I trash talked that and I, I bought some stuff for what was it uh, Mega Tokyo and like basically I just you know bought something so the person could be like compensated through some kind of monetary gain and so I bought this big painting from Sunstone just because I loved it so much and I poked Stephen Sidgwick and I was like. Is there any chance you could like write your name on a post-it or something and send it my way? I'll happily pay for postage and stuff. And it was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, this dragged uh, on for quite a while due to personal reasons, but eventually I didn't get a mail uh, shortly after I got diagnosed with my depression. And uh, I, I got a fully personally drawn picture from Stephen Sidgwick of one of the characters from the comic making a reference to one of the jokes that I made in my uh, Sonichu review, which was Pink Magic, which was a <laughs> meme I was trying to start. And so, <laughs> so uh, like, to this day, I'm, I'm still amazed that, that that happened. And 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 to have, like, actually been there from the get-go and talk with a guy who, who turned Sunstone into a New York Times bestseller is, is fantastic. Wow. I did not know that. Nice. God, if once you once you reach New York, you know you've made it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm even in it. 
Oh, like, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my friends um, well, one day screamed at me on Twitter. I was like, Rice, are you in Samsung? I was like, you fuck off. And I, and I looked at the news page, and sure enough, there I am sitting in the bus in the back of, uh, in, in the background of a scene reading a comic. Oh, <laughs> little cameo appearance. And, and, I was like, and I was like poking Stephen and, and his wife like, did you guys put me in that? And it's like, maybe we did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hey, at least you're a part of a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. How many can uh, how many people can brag about that? <laughs> no, you should put that on your resume now. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna because um, uh, somebody in the chat's also saying, um, getting off of that, um, you know, somebody's saying, uh, "Have you ever read uh, Bleed Man's Powerpuff Girls?" Uh, no, I read Bleed Man's uh, Grim Tales from Down Below. And- okay. I I'm probably going to cover Powerpuff Girls, uh, Dojin or whatever it's called, uh, at some point. But I'm very very tentative about doing that because of who and what Bleedman is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know. I know, yeah i I don't know much, but you know he was in consideration for an, a future episode of uh, for my show. But I haven't really read any of his stuff besides the video that I saw of yours. Well, he's uh, he's not hiding it. Uh, he he's into little kids. Oh, so he's like Shadman. Not okay. I, I'm going to be defending Shadman now. Okay, go ahead. The thing I didn't ever think I would say, <laughs> but. Uh, with Shadman, I sometimes feel he's just pushing the envelope just to push the envelope. Like he's getting a kick out of out of freaking people out. So that's why some of his stuff is always over the top. It's always really, really obscure and and in lack of better words, super fucked up. And I think that's why he does it. I don't I honestly like when I look at Shadman stuff, I honestly don't get the idea that he's actually into little girls. I think he's di- just doing it just to get a rise out of people. Yeah, I, I, I covered that one time. I even I even used his own words when I did my episode on Shadman. I used his words. But you know, for me, even then I still had a little bit of trouble accepting that. But then again, we're on both sides of the fence and I really don't want to go into that, yeah, yeah, into that whole argument. Cause then we'll be at war and I don't <laughs> really want that. Uh, some, uh, Shane O'Brien, who's probably your biggest fan ever. Cause he was the, <laughs> cause he was the one that actually was on Twitter going, we're do this guy. And he was telling everybody to vote for him. There was like 40 people voting for you. So <laughs> he's, he's your biggest fan. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm so happy for Shane. He he was he's actually one of the first people. Not not even one of. He was the first person uh, I, who I made a web leaf Skype for, and I and I added him, and we talked at length about like it, it was the first time a, a fan actually approached me. I was like, I want to talk with you, and we talked at length. He's a super cool guy, and still to this day, one thing that really warmed my heart is that he ended the Skype conversation by taking his hat and putting it over the camera. Oh, <laughs> well, if I had a webcam, I would probably do the same thing, but I'd have to go over my many collection of hats. I don't know which one to pick. I'll probably pick Cappy from Mario. Oh, um, no, but he's, uh, but he's saying, uh, uh, have him talk about your, 
Elzeron Chronicles review. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Uh, so I haven't actually made our Elzeron Chronicles review. Uh, what I did was that I made a stream where me and a bunch of people uh, sat uh, streamed us going through the comic. And I think while the comic in itself is a clusterfuck of epic proportions, some of the reason why I started covering that is uh, is far more interesting. Uh, it's, it's a little long-winded, so if that's all right with you. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So... Um, at one point, I got a private message through YouTube by a, a guy who shall uh, forever be anonymous, um, who was like, hey, uh, I, um, I also do web reviews, and I really like your stuff. Uh, would you be interested in a Skype call where you, me, and some of my friends could talk with you? I was like, hey, that I, I'm like every time that I receive like any sort of, of positive feedback or even negative feedback from from viewers or fan art or people just want to talk with me, I I try and set everything aside so I can talk with these people because like I'm I'm blessed with with having that as an opportunity that people really want to talk with me just because of my silly videos. So I was like, yeah, sure, 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 and I, I jump into this call. And uh, the guy is like, uh, uh, "Hi, uh, I don't. Uh, hi, Mister Web Comic Relief." And this, and I'm, I'm starting to get some warning lights here because I'm, I'm not Web Comic Relief. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Riser. Uh, and 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 he goes, um, "So what? What's your real name?" And I, I tell him my real name, which is uh, Lesser Isai. And he uh, and he goes, uh, "I can't pronounce that, so I'm just gonna call you Les." Jesus. Uh, 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 sure. That, okay. And it, it, it eventually becomes very apparent that this guy is uh, is a brony. And, you know, if, if you're a brony, that's fine. I don't really mind. But it's like, it's much like when you are furry, there, there comes a, a certain pop up in your mind that goes, I should probably not judge you too hard. And so uh, the, the conversation goes, and um, more people start joining the call, and eventually the creator of Elseron Chronicles, Richard, joins the call, and he is very English. So, Johnny, you will have to uh, forgive me because I'm about to do the worst English accent you've ever heard in your entire life. Don't worry, I'll be offended. Don't worry. Okay, <laughs> it, it's probably not even English. It's it's just an accent I can do, and um. And it was all oh, off this uh, this web comic relief guy. Uh, I I really like his uh, his videos. Would there be any interest in covering my uh, my comic? And I was like, sure, that that's that's fine. I, I would love to do that. And so he, he he links me his comic, and from the fucking get go, I can tell this is a shit show, because we're talking about a comic where a guy is literally living in the cleavage of a woman, like. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, my ears perked up. Uh, <laughs> yep, and 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 the person whose cleavage he's living on is living on a planet in the shape of a of a big naked woman, and they're living on one of her tits. <laughs> and and so, like, I'm reading this as they're kind of talking amongst themselves, and Richard is, and I'm not gonna say this as a derogatory term because I have a lot of friends who are autistic, and I 
personally think that calling people autistic is like the most like nothing insult in the world is hardly even an insult but you can hear that this guy is super autistic by the fact that autistic people have a tendency of of when they talk they talk to a room they don't talk to a person they just say stuff really loud like not directed at anyone and then people kind of have to reply uh, and that's not a bad thing or anything that's just like something i learned when i started psychology and so i, I can immediately tell like this guy is pretty heavily autistic but that's fine and then uh <laughs> and, and he keeps interrupting people and and, I, and and like <laughs> I, I was all I had to mute my mic because I was laughing my ass off because the, the 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 brony guy was like Richard we've talked about this you need to let people talk you, you can't just hug the word all the time and and it was just so like Richard is a character and so he 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 asks me like ten minutes after he suggested the comic I was like so what do you think about my comic and the comic is like over one hundred pages long and. Like English is not my first language. How the fuck was I supposed to read that? <laughs> and so I go, it, it, it sure is interesting. And I'm like trying to talk around it. I'm, I'm trying not to go. This is probably up there with Sonichu in the worst shit I've ever seen. And and so he goes, yeah. Basically, uh, I think it's up there with the Romeo and Juliet. It really makes you think. Really. Uh, is supposed to be a, a modern uh, romance of the ages, and and I'm just I I, I got no words. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, and you, you keep doing you, man. Is there any uh, is there any chance that I could get a an episode of the Web Comic Relief dedicated to my video? And I'm like, maybe uh, we we we'll have to look into that. And. And then uh, the, 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 the conversation just keeps going about everything and nothing. And more people, you know, just join the talk. And I kind of get positioned into a little corner because I have nothing in common with these people. They start talking about Teen Titans Go and My Little Pony. I haven't watched any of that shit. I have no interest in, in, in any of that shit. So I'm just like being quiet. And then um, eventually out of nowhere in the middle of a Teen Titans Go talk, Richard just suddenly bursts out. So right, so what do you think about Brexit? And uh, <laughs> I, like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't follow politics that much. And like, what's the immigration situation like in uh, in in Denmark? And I'm like, uh, it's fine, I suppose. So like, we get a lot of immigrants, but that's fine. We need to help each other. Yeah, basically, we're sending all the way from England. Uh, uh, what the fuck? Uh, what the fuck did he say? Uh, basically, we, we're having Brexit just because of all these European cunts, and and I'm sitting there, being a European cunt, and just going, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and basically, I I had to like say that like I I, I had to find something, so I was like. Uh, sorry guys, my girlfriend is calling me. I have to leave. And so I uh, was like, yeah, yeah, goodbye. And I left the conversation, deleted the group, and just like, <laughs> and I was sitting there and like kind of hyperventilating, like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, I was almost taken hostage by this group. And so we ended up covering the webcomic. And oh, yes. if you think the stuff that I've said about the webcomic thus far was the weirdest 
thing ever. It's nowhere close to what the real thing is like. What was the, the name of the comic again? Elseron Chronicles. You can't find oh, yeah. what we were covering at that point in time because Richard actually took the comic down after we streamed oh. it and, and remade it equally <laughs> as shitty but with less sex. Yep, found it instantly. Yep. <laughs> five hours, 20, uh, five hours, 34 minutes. Oh. I'll be listening to you tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, oh, what got what got me about that story the most when he's like saying, "Yeah, I think it's on the same par as Romeo and Juliet." I don't remember Shakespeare ever going that far with sex. Yeah, let's make a planet where it's all body parts. But, but like the. The, the worst part is that Romeo and Juliet is not even a romance comic, which was yes, no, it's not a romance. It's, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. I mean, it's a romantic tragedy, but at the same time, it that doesn't go alongside with. It's not like dicks and vaginas or the dick and vagina families are going after each other. It's not. <laughs> it's not happening like that. Like there's an entire segment where the protagonist, who is a guy. And it's very clearly a self-insert. Self-insert gets turned into a lady, and then there's like five to six pages just dedicated to how all these chicks around him equip themselves with magically equip, uh, magically enhanced strap-ons and fuck the shit out of him. It's like it's got to be done. And like this one point uh, where one person has enhanced their or enchanted the uh, strap on with the element of ice and it's like oh it feels so nice to have your your ice stick inside of me and I'm like you're getting fucked by a corpse <laughs> I like how I love how talents of ice and fire saying in the chat this is one bu bizarre adventure Jojo <laughs> Just play uh, around we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And I I really hate I wish this could be the uh, the ending of it, but I just have one last question. By all means, man. Oh. So <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> oh. No, that was that was a story right there. I mean, you just made <laughs> you, you probably just made me a whole bunch of trailers that I could put on Instagram. Oh. <laughs> You need to link me. Yeah. Oh, I will. Yeah, I'll send you all my information. Because usually when I do these podcast, when I do these episodes, I usually put like a, a one minute to a two and a half minute teaser of the episode so that people can actually go and check it out. Oh, and plus, this is going to be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah the and on the podcast, it's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. It's like on all the main podcasting sites. So people do listen. So we might get even more of it. I, uh, but, uh, real, real quick, I got po uh, podcast addict on my phone. Can I uh, get Legends of the Internet on that? Uh, podcast addict? Yeah. Okay, no, because that's not one of the platforms that I'm on. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to see. Like, I, I don't know what Denmark's like in terms of uh, podcasting sites, but maybe we can actually find something that you have, and then maybe I can at least send you the link to that one. If it's free, because yeah, if it I'm, is, then free. I've already subscribed to your YouTube channel, so like I'll just watch it there. But it's like I, I have long commute to school, so 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's perfect because usually when you have long commutes, you can listen to this and it's like an hour, an hour and a half, a lot to two hours. So it's perfect. Yeah. Um, so one last thing. Uh, people were talking about uh, while you were doing your British accent, oh, no. um, people were saying that you're, uh, you know, it's like, oh, it's a, like a Cockney Danish accent there. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to get into another accent that you did, and that was your Christian accent. Uh, but, but people have been saying that it sounds a lot like Tom Uso. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I've gotten a lot of I've gotten a lot of things. that's like, oh, it's like uh, it's like Tommy Uso from the Room is actually doing is actually writing the Sonic Shoe comics. Uh, I, I I don't even know like what what voice are they doing? Like, yeah, I think you should go and hit him. Like it was probably something like that. Uh, I, like when I. So you 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 know this because you do podcasts. So yeah. that the voice that you hear, like your voice, when you say it out loud, that's not the voice you're hearing. When you hear it from uh from any sort of other media, you're like, what the fuck kind of voice is that? Yes. So when I hear it, I'm not hearing the Tommy Wiseau thing. But if people are finding the Tommy Wiseau thing, then that just makes the video all the more fun. Yeah. So, can you actually can you uh, can you bring back the Christian accent just for a second, so that the the, the lovely people here can actually hear what it sounds like? Uh, so long, but uh, I, I I think it was basically just my surfer dude voice. Uh, I, I it's just my go-to voice when I have to make a dude's voice, and I I can't use my real voice. Okay. Because uh, yeah, because I because. I do both accents on this, so when I do it, people know the difference. So I was, I was wondering, like, well, how come they think that this is Christian? I don't understand how that is even a thing. I and, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but when it's Christian, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm making Sonic too. Like, how else do you want me oh, to do it? Oh, that, that, that's, that's, like, you even have to soften twang in there. That's perfect. Oh yeah. It's it's like you have to you have to when you're American you understand American accents a whole lot better because you're surrounded by them because it's like so I I have to put a little bit of Southern in there because you know and then I have to Latin it up so I have to go really high when I do it and so when I actually do the Christian voice I kind of have to blend things thing together and I was like and so I can't imagine if I did that people would say that oh it's like Tommy was so ha 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 but. It's it's very weird like that. I, I don't I don't know. Like you would think I would be great at making a Tommy Wiseau voice, but because he's European, but we don't even know where in Europe Europe he comes from. <laughs> well, I, I I I told people. I told Jimmy Fallon. I told Jimmy Kimmel this. I don't remember which Jimmy it was, but I'm from Eastern Europe somewhere. I just not telling you the country. But when I tell people, I say I'm from New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Ah, uh, somewhere so is a treasure. <laughs> oh, Madame Ghosty says you do a better New York accent than she does, because they they think your Christian sounds a lot like a New Yorker. I've surely she's referring to you. Like, I I I I don't ha like I have a shitty Danish accent. That's the only <laughs> accent I have. I, I I can't make different accents. I can't even make a Swedish accent. I can. Uh. I can turn my Danish accent to a maximum because that's how all other Danes talk Danish uh, or talk English. And I hate that, but uh, that's the only accent I can do. 
Because I was gonna say, it's like you're not even doing like the proper. You're not even doing the proper accent, even though it's your own original one. I'm like, how? How is that even possible? Okay, so so this is the uh, this is the accent that I'm using when I'm talking English. But yeah, uh, if you if you walk up to a Dane, uh, up to a Dane that isn't very used to talk in English or anything, they will probably talk like this, where they uh, don't really uh, capitalize any uh, words, and they just talk in what sounds like you're trying to hypnotize them voice. Oh, so th it's very fast, but at the same time, it's uh, very, what's the word? It's, it's hypnotizing, but there's another synonym for it. Uh, it's very drowning, or it's very yeah. boring in a sense. And, and and I hate it because that's how we talk in Danish, and they're just translating the words. They don't even, you know, like change it up or anything. They're just like, yeah, this is what how I talk like in in, in normal. Like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a difference in your videos too, because even though you're, even though I mean, you're from Denmark and you're speaking English, I mean, the way that you've been saying like that, that's how they like they speak. It's very hypnotizing. The fact that you're so different and it's also what uh, brings it out. It's because oh, okay, he doesn't sound like every other European that we've ever heard of in our lives. Oh, this is actually oh, okay, intriguing. So it's uh, all in the inflection. I, I think my favorite about my accent is a guy who, who contacted me is like, are you from Jamaica? It sounds like you have a Jamaican accent. And I'm like, how the fuck did you reach that? <laughs> oh, she liked to be surrounded by Because I think if you were in Jamaica, you'd be on the beach all day. You wouldn't be like doing web comics. Have you seen how pasty white I am? There's no <laughs> way. <in hell>. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not surrounded by beaches at all. What are you talking about? Yeah, man, this is the <laughs> this, this is, is the English accent, man. Yes. Oh, welcome to welcome to my hometown of Jamaica. We're actually going to be doing web comics on the beach today, here on my hammock with my sunscreen and my uh, my, my two gorgeous hot wives that I just married five minutes ago. So here He's we go, reviewing boy. Sonic Chew. You ready, girls? You'll play the part of Rose Chew. You'll play the part of Sonic Chew. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. You, you have these accents down to a T. I love it. Uh, I used to I used to act as a kid. Oh, so. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> People are saying that's my Italian accent. Don't get my Jamaican and my Italian mixed up. I can get really I can get really racist with my Italian because I am I am partially Italian. So why I, the fuck is Super Mario doing web? <laughs> Hey, I, 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 like I do have Super Mario tattoos, so I guess. <laughs> Hello, Luigi, are you ready to read Sonic Show? Uh, I don't know, Mario. I don't think I'm ready for this. I need mean, all the one-ups in the world. Yeah. Oh, we need. Please just don't show this to the princess, Luigi. I'm trying to still marry her. Speaking <laughs> of eating all the mushrooms, Sonic Show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Well, everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of Legends of the Internet, the webcomic relief. If you happen to enjoy listening to Riser and you want to check out any of his social media platforms, the link to get to his YouTube and to his Twitter pages will be provided in the description box for this episode. So if you happen to want to catch him, just go to the description of this uh, episode. And you will find the links there. They're clickable, 
and it will send you right over there. But if you don't happen to find them, here's where you can go. His YouTube channel is called The Web Comic Relief. So it's practically what you see in the title right now. All you have to do is just go on YouTube, search for The Web Comic Relief, and you'll find it. Same thing with his merchandise. If you happen to want to get any of the Riser merchandise, all you have to do is just go to the webcomic relief on Google, search for that, and uh, the rest should speak for itself. But if you do want to follow him on Twitter, his Twitter handle is at Hellriser. That's H-E-L-L-R-I-I-S-E-R. So you can find that through the links in the description, like I said, or you could just listen to what I said uh, a couple of seconds ago. And I do want to remind everybody, if you do want to support this show and want to make it better, all you have to do is donate. If you feel like donating, here's what you do. Go to anchor.fm slash Jodini. That's J-O-E-D-I-N-I. Anchor.fm slash Jodini. You can do that on your phone. You could even do it on your computer right now if you happen to be listening. You can donate 99 cents. You can donate about $4. You can even donate to $10. It's a monthly subscription, but every single penny that is donated will be used to help get better equipment and to improve the quality of the show. Not that we don't do that ourselves every single time, but anything helps. And if you like what you hear, you can always, always help us out. Because... I can't thank you guys enough for being a part of this show, for listening to it every single week. I, it, it, you know, the amount of people that view this, I mean, I see the numbers going up every single day, and I can't thank you enough that there's a hundred or some odd people listening to this right now, and that number will only keep increasing. So I thank you guys all of this. Without you, there wouldn't be a show. So again... Next time around, when we come back for Legends of the Internet, we're going to be talking about the angry video game nerd, an old classic, James Rolfe, Cinemassacre, whatever you want to call him now, that's who we're going to be discussing for the next episode. So that will be next week, but for right now, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you all same time next week. Bye, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you then. <laughs>